Welcome to episode 110 of the Hard Truth About B2B E-Commerce. I'm your co-host Isaiah Bollinger and uh, back with Tim after a little break, but uh, I think we'll get we'll get back into the swing of things. I had events, you had events. It, it was like the end of event season. I will tell you, I'm I'm good with events until uh, January. I don't know about you, but uh, I think I'm ready to take a, a break until next year. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got a lot of stuff coming up, but they're mostly like one day midweek meetings now instead of like you know longer trips and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I was in- I was in Times Square, and then I'd go straight there, home for a bit, then did Las Vegas. That was, yeah, you know, New York City, Times Square for what almost a week, then Las Vegas for almost a week. That's that's my max, I would say. <laughs> I will be in Times Square later today. So uh... I just did India the week before and Mexico the week after. So it was like you know yeah literally you know tell, tell me you need a break you don't need it like you got there's no way you know that's 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 there's gotta be a max to that right <laughs> so uh so let me just uh finish our our intro here so timothy peterson great to see everybody welcome to episode 110 i can't believe it's uh already up to here i'm very excited about it uh i did have a couple shout outs kevin reddig uh is uh, someone who has been listening to our podcast uh darren mass who also has a podcast. So, uh, you know, I may be on his uh, at some point soon. I'll see. Uh, and uh, uh, loads and loads of other uh, friends who I won't mention again yet, but uh, I do hear from people all the time who are continuing to listen and get something out of our podcast. And so thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, I will pause very briefly so that uh, our folks can insert our sponsor mentions. And then I'll throw it back to Isaiah and we'll uh, introduce our guests and take it from there. Balance is a B2B e-commerce payment solution that works well for you and for your buyers. It offers a seamless one-click checkout for almost any payment method, including ACH, wire, checks, cards, even terms. It's used by leaders in B2B e-commerce, and it's as easy as buying a shirt from Amazon. Check them out at getbalance.com. Book a session and tell them what your needs are. They are the first dedicated payment platform for B2B e-commerce, 100% tailored to your needs. Thanks again to our sponsor, Balance. Amit Baya, uh, co-founder and CEO of Dotcom Weavers. Uh, excited to talk to you guys. <clears throat> Definitely a, I don't want to say coincidence, but like almost a lot of uh, synergy and kind of overlap of what you guys have done on the B2B commerce side and what we've done at Trellis. And uh, I think just some of the stories you're going to have are, you know, very helpful to people in this in this space. So really what we're trying to do, as as you know, this is just educate people because I'm sure I'm sure you've dealt with your share of educating uh, <laughs> clients. So tell us about yourself and kind of like how you how did you get into B2B e-commerce? Because I don't think anyone started that way. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Zan and Tim, for having me on the on the podcast. I mean, look, uh, to me, B2B commerce was pretty much, you know, I think it just came naturally, right? So what happened is as an agency, we were dabbling in the web design, the web development, and you're trying out different things. Before we really decided, we, we were conscious effort that, you know, we want to add some real value to our clients because yeah. this was turning into a commodity, you know, where you just do this. There's no much fun in just going through general approach. And having said that, we really, you know, happened to stumble upon the Epic or ERP for one of our first clients, uh, which was uh, surprisingly a franchisee of, uh, of a hardware store. And they were using a legacy ERP and really trying to figure out how to serve their customers better. You know, if you don't mind me asking what version of Epicor was this, because that's the other thing that we found with all these ERPs. It's like, oh, you use Epicor. We do a lot of work with Infor. It's like, well, what version? Because that matters. This, is, uh, this was Epicor Eclipse. Okay. And, uh, yeah. you know, I am business technical, but if you ask me Eclipse version, I have no idea. Hmm. Right. Uh, so but it is different, though, right? Like the integration that you integrate with Eclipse, it's not going to be like one for one with like Profit 21 or something like you can't. Not just, really. So yeah. exactly. So all pretty much all of Epicor products 
almost all I would say has a different integration point, right? But I think the core foundation is same for most of them. You know, the API information, I mean, the API is different, but the information which they're passing along is is almost the same. So there's some knowledge sharing and and transfer. There's some knowledge sharing. And uh, after, after, you know, we have been doing the, we have been in the Epicor space for the last like six, seven years, right? So once you do a bunch, you start to see some similarities, some patterns. Yeah. How you go about it. And, that also allows us to ask more educated questions to our customers, you know, in terms of have they done this? Is that something they are looking for? And then and, and that allows us to add value because they are not thinking about some of the questions which we are trying to bring to the table. Cool. That's a key point, by the way. You know, I'm sure we'll come back to this in, in multiple ways, but it, it's it's all in the questions sometimes. I mean, I, I feel like going to a lot of different, you know, clients in different situations they don't know what questions need to be asked necessarily. They have to have somebody come in and say, well, did you think about, and did you do this? And why aren't you doing this? And, uh, you know, I think that's a role that that you're probably filling. No, that's true. You know, I think to us, like, if somebody is asking more questions, we feel very good about that client, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and if somebody's like going very superficial, then we are scared. We're like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. What did yeah. you miss or what did you forget, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, and we, we, you know, a lot of times we really try to bring in, if possible, we'll push for somebody technical on their side to be on the call. Mm-hmm. Some of them can even ask, uh, get 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 deeper. Because if we have some business technical or non-technical people on there, I mean, they're good. They, of course, they want to know the marketing side of things or they want to know the, the customer service side of things. But... When it comes to B2B commerce, a lot of this is also about the flow, right? The integration. How is that gonna how is the information going to be passed back? I mean, that's that's the key. How is this going to make my customer's life easier? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's so it sounds so simple, but it's it's usually not. <laughs> and because, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you have a state in here, why don't you just make it go over there? Like why isn't that so simple? Uh, I guess, can you just talk through, I mean, because I think that's something that people just assume, hey, you know, why can't I just make this a small $5,000 project? Hasn't everyone done this before? I'm sure you get get that, right? Where people expect it to be way cheaper than it is. Um, yeah, at least we see that. Not not always. I mean, you some, you get some people who are ready to spend. And then I think you get some in the space who just like, they, they way underestimate it. Yeah. Right. You know, the... One thing which we are lately noticing is, you know, I think we are slowly as a company, as you grow, as an agency, as you mature, you also learn who's your ICP, right? Yes. What is your yep. ICP? How do you want to go after it? But more importantly, I think we have been able to some a lot of times bypass the budget question because it's, it's easy, you know, it's getting easier to explain. But what's getting a little bit harder is why is it going to take so much time? Right. Or why is it going to be, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, why can I not launch? I mean, the question is, why can I not launch sooner? Uh, yeah. Is it so complicated? You know, uh, what what's there? And uh, I believe what happens is a, a lot of uh, customers on the other side do not understand the importance or the value which needs to be given to a detailed uh, discovery and scope. Yeah, right? I agree. I mean, people like. Why can't we launch in three months? I'm like, we don't even have a discovery pro. Like, I don't even have a contract with you. I got to onboard discovery. I got to get like. By the time we even get through that, it's like your timeline's already blown up. You know, <laughs> and, and some of them would give you requirements like screenshots of other sites and like, oh, this is exactly how I want it. <laughs> I want it exactly like Home Depot. I get it. You want. Yeah. You want- B2B experience to be like exactly like Home Depot. Just, just build me Home Depot. Why can't it be done in three months? It's like, yeah, you know how many billions of dollars Home Depot has poured into that? It, you know, yeah. And they have all sorts of problems, by the way. My wife's like, you need yeah. to sign Home Depot. I'm like, trust me, I would if I could, but that's like <laughs> billions of dollars. You know, that's not a small. <laughs> um, well, I, I think I think you hit on something, though. It's, it's really about iteration, too, right? Because yeah. I mean, you, you have to have the mindset in these companies that, you know, it, you're just going to start here and you're going to keep going. And then three months later, you're questioning it. And then six months later, you're looking at it again. And nine months later, you know, there's a regular process. 
instead of like set and then wait, you know, like a lot of people think they're waiting for something to happen. That's and never you're absolutely right. The, the goal is really conditioning. You know, what is an MVP? What do you really need for your phase one, right? Because like, I don't think this is going to stop and this should not stop if you really want to do it the right way. There always have to be iterations, phases coming in. So let's figure out what do you really need to, you know, have a solid foundation where you can launch something and say, at least, you know, I put my best foot forward for this version, right? Unless trying to cram everything together and saying, I need I need all of these features and I still need it in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So the goal really comes down to really see, you know, how can we have a phased approach? I mean, that's, that's number one. Number two, I think a lot of times uh, what is happening is, they think they the customer thinks they know what they want, you know, how they want to do it. But sometimes they're also not asking their customers what their customers would be wanting. Right. So I think that's also a key to understand. And uh, what we have been trying to do in our processes, in our discovery, is trying to talk to the different departments and, and get their feedback on what they're hearing from their customers, what's happening, because you know. A lot of times, either the director of ID would be leading it or the director of marketing would be leading it. But, you know, we want to bring in the CSRs to hear what the customers are saying. Uh, and that allows us to, to really scope it out properly, right? In terms of I think that's a core reason why, uh, two, two reasons why I think B2B commerce is so hard uh, in general. I mean, there's a lot more than these two, but one, I think the ERP integration is just harder than people think, right? Like it's, it's sure. not just press this button and everything works especially because in b2b you have you know potentially legacy erps the erp use cases can be complex there's a lot of like technical work i think on that side um even even if you're using kind of like a product like what you guys have or what we have on the info you know like it's not it's not just press this button and go even with a product right it's it's more complicated so i think that that alone like the technical piece is much more than like a b2c you know, B2C, Shopify, whatever, you know what it's that, that itself is a discovery on its own. Exactly. Exactly. You need real-time pricing, right? Like sometimes people are like, oh, I want the pricing to be specific, but it comes from the ERP. People are, that's harder than you think. We get that more and more now. And it's like, okay, now pricing doesn't live in e-commerce, but e-commerce wasn't designed for that because it's expecting it to see it in, you know, Magento or Shopify. But now we got to like, call Epicor or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. And so that's one piece, but I think you just said it perfectly, which is like, it's a much more complicated dynamic of people. Um, and Tim, I think you deal with this a lot in your consulting work with like, I feel like with B2C, it's, it's a little more straightforward of like, we need to increase revenue <laughs> and like get more customers, increase conversions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. The, the conversation in B2C is, generally more straightforward with e-commerce like it's it's pretty clear and the ownership usually lives under like a cmo or whatever right but with yeah. B2B, it's like okay it's it but it's also the sales reps right like if the sales reps don't like it then it's gonna fail and then like is a customer service is it operations I mean, you're, it's like so many more departments i mean i'll just add to this a little bit and then yeah. throw it back to you a bit but but Part of what you said, which really resonates in a way, is that you know it's 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 going out to you know all of these different stakeholders, right? In, yeah. in B2B, I find that you know I have to clearly define who all the different stakeholders are in their communities, right? It could be yeah. a, a certain type of end consumer, a dealer, a distributor, a different yeah. type of client, internal groupings, international versus you know U.S. based or, or whatever, right? It could be a lot. And what I do when I go into those circumstances, once I know that it's all of those different things, I say, okay, guys, you know, this is the part of the process where we go out to all of those groups and we say, like, what are you looking for from X? Like, what do you expect it to do? What is it not doing? Right. And then they all come back with their answers and they're not going to match exactly everybody's <laughs> expectations. Right. They're just not. So you have to figure out how to deal with that. But that it doesn't really happen in B2C. I can come into a B2C client often and say, here's what consumers want, because I can get that data completely independent of the company and say, look, here it is. This is it. Yeah. And, but not B2B. And they're usually like, all right, let's go do that, right? Because yeah. it's a lot more straightforward. And B2B, it's not. There's I also think like what happens is uh, a lot of the customers, uh, you know, 
they come in from a B2C background and they are expecting the same B2C experience with B2B, not realizing these are two different beasts altogether, right? right? And uh, obviously, because everybody is shopping online, everybody's used to the same experience. Like, hey, why can't yeah. I just have this? Why can't I just not have one click checkout for my B2B customers? Like, <laughs> oh, okay, I understand you're used to Amazon, but I mean, how, you know, that there's a lot more complications around it, you know, inventory, payment terms, accounts, user groups. Yeah. I mean, how are you dealing with all of that? Payment terms alone is like a whole, like, you could, we could spend the whole podcast, like, let's just talk about That's payment terms. <laughs> uh, I mean, we had a we have a client. We were on a call yesterday with a with the prospective client, and then their biggest issue is uh, frauds. Even in their B two B business, sure. there's fraud happening, and they are like, uh, "What's how are we going to go about it?" And you know, uh, I don't know uh, if you are noticing this as I or not. We are seeing a lot of B two B businesses having these legacy systems. Which I have mm-hmm. no idea how they have managed to run their business for all these years. It's uh, uh, it is. We could, I don't want to no just, documentation with no documentation. We could have. We need to have a side chat on this. It's unbelievable, and some of them make so much money too, right? You're like, yes. I'm like, how? Yeah, it makes you feel a little bad about yourself too. You're right. Like yeah. this guy's out here making more money than me with that. Like, what am I doing? You know. <laughs> well, and and in, in my experience, a lot of these are like old proprietary systems too. I mean, they've got things set up that are but just really I mean, weird. Set up perfectly, no documentation. And there's no like documentation. One, one guy that knows it, right? And like, he's too busy to help you, right? Like, oh, I, actually, know? he does not want to help you because he's threatened for his job. Yeah. So yeah. He's going I, yeah. With this, his value goes down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the more yeah. you integrate and extract out of it and there's less yeah. reliance on it, his yeah. Value, yeah. Oh, totally. There's all. There's that, I mean, that's a whole nother political ball game that we don't usually get in B two C. Where in B two B, it's like that. There's people at odds with the goal sometimes. You know what I mean? Like for their own political gain. That it's just it's, it's a different ball game, right? So yes, I think you know, and and you know, one of the questions was yes, it was, was PCI compliance that we have been getting really you know screwed up on PCI compliance. We have to go through this through our custom system. Fraud is happening, mm-hmm. and I wonder like I'm not sure how are you still running this system for so long? You know, I think, but it happens. You know, I mean that's the reason we are in business, right? <laughs> if they were not running, <laughs> then we won't be around either for too long. Uh, another thing, what, what I see with when it comes to B2B businesses is, you know, I, I do like where it's going because the goal is really to service their customers in a more B2C world. I don't think it's, it's that easy or that integrated, but the mindset is coming in. How do we make it easy for my B2B customers, right? While earlier it used to be, you know, that's all right. They're already B2B customers. It's not like they're paying right away. They have payments. So, you know, we can figure things out. But I see that they, especially the newer sales reps who come on these calls uh, or even younger ones, they are trying to say, how can I automate everything? So I don't have to call or email them and ask them for, and I can just send them a link or they can just log in through our dashboard and be able to see whatever they want to see. Yeah, and I think expectations, that part is, is expectations are changing, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've talked about all the problems and we've gone through that. You know, we've been doing 110 episodes. So we've a lot of problems, right? I'd love to just hear some of the, even if they're just small little things that were like, man, this really worked, whether it was, the integration that you guys did or just something that like really you saw like, wow, this kind of like moved the needle or the companies that could be a specific use case. Right. Um, That's a good point, right? A couple of things, right? So of course, look, number one issue is integration that has to work. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's nothing else works. If that doesn't work, like the whole thing, the project is a failure if the integration doesn't work. Yeah. Right. I agree. It's not even more than hundred percent of what they want. Right. So, but a few things which we noticed is when it comes to this, you know, small features like how the sales rep can just go in the back end, select products, be able to create their own quotes. Yeah, right? like self-serve, sales rep self-serve. Kind like of a thing. self-service uh, portal yeah. for the yeah. sales, sales reps has been a huge uh, success. Do you do that through Adobe Commerce's feature, like the, the company accounts, or have you been, you've been doing it through the, the, the paid 
the paid Adobe Commerce version, right? Correct? Or so we can do with both, right? So with open source, you can have the modules which will do the uh -huh. job, right? And uh -huh. with commerce, it will just it just comes in built. You just have to configure it to use it. You I was just I was just at Meet Meet Magento, and I know there's gonna be a lot of um people. There's people on both sides, the open source people, and then the I just find it's easier. Commerce is expensive, but it's kind of nice when you just have it all and not have to worry yeah. about it. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, look, you have at the end of the day, for every company, they have to start looking at the TCO, right? What what makes sense for them? You know, I think both products, yes, Magento, open source, if you go in, you can add a lot of modules on it. You're not paying the licensing fee, but your load is pretty high. Your technical yeah. load is high. Commerce is 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 a little bit expensive as you get in, but at least you get everything inbuilt. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it depends where you look. But to go back to our question is, you know, that that piece itself of being able to, from a sales rep perspective, being able to generate these codes, be yeah. able to send it to the customers. And from a leadership perspective to say, how can I see all the codes generated by the sales reps? Mm -hmm. And be able to look at that data is also helping them at the executive level, right? On what kind of, uh, you know, how are they converting their own customers? So that's been a, a win for some of our customers, which we have seen on the customer side where, you know, how they're servicing their B2B customers. What we noticed was, you know, there are features like quick order where you can just enter SKUs and then just, you know, don't have to go through it. It can quick order and reorder. It's something which we hear a lot of their customers love. You get the, how about the reminder system there? Because that's something, that's something a lot of my clients talk about as well. It's like, you know, they, it's not just the quick order and the reorder because that's an action that I'm taking as, as like, you know, the customer, right? But the reminders to say, you know, you usually get this much every 30 days, every 60 days, every 90 days. Do you want this, right? Does that, do you, do you see more people asking for these sorts of things? Uh we have not seen a lot of those, but I, I you know, they, we have customers who have implemented this, but they talk more about the quick orders, which which has been helpful for them. Or, uh, and that's a good point, though. I should, maybe I should ask them. You know, it's I, actually, yeah, it's becoming more common. I think in the last year or two, where people just say, you know, I'm busy, and now that the automations, these automations are in place, now I want to be told more. You know, I want to be told more based on my history. You know, you have, there's the data, go figure it out and tell I me. Mean, I mean, as you said, you know, they are, they are looking as a B2C customer. What yes. am I getting, right? And I want, same, I want the same from, from this company whom I buy at wholesale, whatever I'm doing, mm -hmm. right? Uh, another thing, you know, is to your, on that point is we have noticed, you know, I'm pretty sure I saw, you know, Dart Digital, you know, which earlier where it was very B2C focused and we are sure. seeing more and more B2B customers integrating with dot digital oh, you know? interesting. Yeah. And, like an email and marketing automation yes. and, yep. yeah That's i mean i think that there's so much low-hanging fruit for b2b on the marketing side let's let's come back to that but um i think you said something very very important and, and honestly simple but underestimated is just like making it a good tool for the sales reps right and some of this you just buy adobe commerce you get a good integration with you guys, or, you know, if it's in four, we can do it. If it's Microsoft, we'll do it with, you know, we have some partners with that. You know, you can usually, I think with the, the major ERPs, find the right partners, right? Most most of them will have a good solution somewhere out there that, you know, you don't have to completely start from scratch. Um, and I think if you can make it a good sales reps tool, like that's like such an important, you know, piece of winning the the, the business. but. I'm sure a lot of sales reps fight it, right? And I think that's part of the problem is because, you know, they're threatened, right? And so I think it was um, Paul, was it, uh, was it Paul, our 100th guest? Paul DeForno? Yeah, was it Paul DeForno said like, and he's at like the top of the top. So he, you know, we brought him on as the 100th episode special guest because he does head of Deloitte Digital, B2B Commerce, like the biggest of the biggest projects go to them, right? Like they're like, 
there's like them and levels and then there's like us and you guys you know what i mean like, <laughs> and i'm way down here I'm way we're down like here. The, we're like the mid-market guys right you know and that's fine i'm happy as a <laughs> but anyways um good space he, he said that even at their level like he feels like the number one problem is the sales reps not like buying in or kind of like opposing cool opposing the sex how would you describe it to him like and i'll i'll bring up an a, a specific person because i know this person particularly well who actually was a top salesperson for adobe and she's worked also for oracle and for others a really good friend a, a pal of mine she's at the 60 million to 100 million dollar sales level per year right it's just like rare, rare like yeah. this woman is like yeah, one yeah. Of the top to, in the country in the world right so I can do the quick math on the commission because I know <laughs> she does very well. Let's she's, just say I'm pretty like, sure she's uh, making over a million dollars. Well, over a million. You know, so I don't want to, you yeah. know, uh, yeah, money. I won't say anything, but, but you could, <laughs> but, 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 he, but she's, she's quite a lesson in this because, you know, she, her mind is, is just extraordinary and she knows how to get into situations and, and talk the talk and figure out exactly how to address all these needs on a large scale. However, directly related to our topic here, you know, she has to be happy, right? If she's not happy and people at her level are not happy, things are not going to happen at Oracle Adobe and all these other big companies, right? So she now is really bought in to having lots of automations in place and having different kinds of tech and tools available to her and whatever. It took a lot of time, though, because she had to be certain that she wasn't risking anything for herself or for her clients or for whatever. And so I think that that's still kind of happening. There's like a three to five year window on this where those people at the very, very top are basically getting satisfied, you know, now with the tech, with the tools yeah. available to them, you know, but it's taking a long time. Yeah, you can't just throw this thing at sales oh. reps. And, no, yeah. no, no. I think that the key here is, you know, what I'm noticing is there's buying from the leadership because they want to see accountability. Yes. Right? And if they're accountably, if they that's what they want to see, then you know, whether we like they like it or not, sales rep have to do it. I mean, yeah. that's but you're down. seeing that at like the CEO, private equity. Yeah. Well, then that doesn't mean like the sales reps are like but no, then loving it, right? Down, right? That, that starts flowing down. There's initial resistance, right? Because that means now they have to be transparent on what they are doing, mm -hmm. and the books have to be fully open, what accounts they're working on, how they are they working on, but. Sure. Uh, there, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's us hiring somebody, right? Who's doing sales for us. We want full transparency. We want to see what's going on. And I think no matter how much the resistance is, a good employee or a good company will always start to have that. They have to. I mean, there's no other choice. And, and in my opinion, you know, there's another flip side to it. If you look at properly, if you are, a, a, you know, a very, you know, I would say any decent sales rep, if you give them the tools and they learn how to use it properly, I think it should allow them to sell a lot more. You know, I mean, you you have these tools. You can build your code automatically. You can email codes. You can do code reminders. You can create PDFs, send it to them. You can bid on RFPs using your tools, right? You can do all that stuff through your dashboard. You don't have to talk to anybody and you just do it, right? Yeah, and then I think the key is just alignment of incentive. They're getting commissions and they're, doing double the revenue because they don't have and, to and you know, a lot of this uh what yeah. i notice is is about education because yeah. we have to really educate them on how this is going to make their life better yeah mm -hmm. and rather than looking at it as a threat saying that this tool is going to replace what i'm trying to do right now yeah so, i've i've recorded training videos i'll go in for clients now and i will say Here's what happens, and here's why we did it. And remember, here's step one, here's step two, here's step, you know. I, I record those now at, at kind of the behest of the companies because, you know, they need that, right? And right. maybe they don't necessarily feel like they're the right people to do it. So an outside person comes in and does it, right? I think that's a good example of why some of this stuff is so hard, right? Like, you know that that's going to come into play, just even the training of these new systems like Adobe Commerce. It's a pretty massive, powerful system, right? Like, you can do so many things. You you need training, right? And I think companies don't understand. It's like when you're implementing it, you want them to succeed. You're thinking about that training and the cost. And it's like, they're like, well, why is it? Why can't I do it in two months? It's like, because you know, by the time it's implemented, they need to be trained, quality assurance. Like 
There's just these little nuances. And to be quite honest with you, nobody nobody thinks about training. Exactly. I still and they don't want to pay for it, right? Like you put that as a line item, they're like, what is yeah. this? And it's like. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, for them, it's, uh, what do you mean by training? I mean, you know, I just want to go live and, and, and not spend time in training because which I believe sometimes is also not a good use of our time because if you're not training it, then you ask us the same questions again and again. If you just give us some the time to train, I mean, we we want to add value. We just don't want to do the same thing again. You know, we just want to show you how to create a shared catalog 300 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. that, that doesn't happen because sometimes we have noticed there's a lot of people who are sitting on the other side are, are director of IT. And it's very hard to tell a director of IT, hey, you should be doing this because most of them think they know they know it all. Yeah, and you should be following the you know, and there are some who embrace that. Hey, you are the specialist. You tell us how to go about it. Yeah, a lot of them come in saying like, "Look, I've been there. I've done that. I know exactly how this needs to happen." Yeah, I think the problem is they don't realize it's not just about training that one person. It's about training the organization, and for it to succeed, ten people might need to know it. The sales reps might need to know it, right? And it's just it's more than just having what like one person's not going to be enough to make this whole thing work. You know, well, it, 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 oh, go ahead. Sorry, Alan. No, no, I mean, absolutely right. Right. So, the sales, for them, I think if I use just the sales rep tool as an example, I mean, for the IT, it doesn't, it's not a big deal. Once the integration works, they, they in their head, the project is, is, is there. Right. But sales rep is something which is very important for a non uh, IT department person, I guess. You know, yeah. Some business. of those guys are 50, 60 years old, right. used to logging into, Adobe Commerce Cloud and like, you know, it's not, it's simple, but it's not that simple, right? Like it can, you know, even it's our, not, it's not easy. Of course, this is not like an app. You just go in. And it's, yeah. Like, it's not like Uber, you know, Uber Eats and, you know, it's, yeah. Why can't it be like Uber Eats? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, all, all I was going to say though is I feel like a lot of these things that I've learned that they're connected so closely, like from beginning to end, like when you do discovery and you're going out, and saying here are the stakeholders and their communities, right? You basically at the beginning, I say, you know, these people at the end are also going to have to know what we've done and why, right? You know, so it's like, how are we going to do that? How are we agreeing that you know these communities of distributors and dealers and salespeople and marketers and whatever are going to actually know what we've given them by spending a million dollars or two million dollars or whatever? And, and so once, if you throw it out really early, like that first or second conversation, people start thinking about it and trying to figure out, all right, we have to fit that in. If you come in later, it doesn't, it doesn't work very well. It really doesn't. Right. I, I agree. I mean, yeah. And this is where the most successful B2B implementations are, where we have taken our time and they're not rushing us through discovery and scoping. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually they are giving us the time. Let's just put it this way. And lately what we have been doing in our, uh, you know, uh, even proposals during that, we are trying to emphasize that you have to allocate this much time during discovery and you'll yeah. be ready to do that. We did and the same thing. We're like ramping up our discovery, part of our proposals, our presentation just for discovery. Like it's so, it's so underrated, you know? Right. So I mean, because they're like, what do you mean? You know, I already gave you the RFP. I have everything that you need. <laughs> like, okay. Give me the price. Give me the price and like, I'm done, right? It's like, dude, it's not. Exactly. It's and the RFP has 10 pages of screenshots from other websites that this is how you want it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, nevertheless, I, I know I might be complaining a lot about this, but uh, it might sound like I'm complaining, but B2B commerce is a lot of fun. You know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Uh uh, you know, I think B2C is matured. We can do more, but I think it's reaching a, a point where there's, you know, there's only so much you can do. And then then the AI and all that stuff is going to yeah. come in, which will take it to the next level, which is more B2C's yeah. world. B2C to me is mostly solved, right? It's now, to me, it's more multi-channel now. Like, you know, you got to have your retail, you got to have your store. And actually the biggest thing I'm seeing in B2B or B2C is they need to expand the B2B. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're yeah. already, you know, they need to get into retail stores and build partnerships and get into Walmart or, you know. That's no, that's, that's a great point. I think at some point <laughs> we're going to have to change these terms or drop them entirely because 
you know, we've ridden out all of these different waves and, and what have you, but really it's kind of like Isaiah, what you and I have talked about ages ago. It really is just commerce, right? I mean, if you have a product or a service, it may have, you know, connections to a pure B2C kind of world, a B2B kind of world, some muddy area in between. So it's really about the product or the service and how you're addressing it. It's And I know that that sounds like an oversimplification, but in a way, these terms were made in a different era, right? When things were very regimented and separated and, you know, what have you. And it's not that way anymore. It really is. Yeah, one of the mentors. There's so, so uh, you know, uh, it's going to the, the way you mentioned it, right? I mean, B2C eventually is matured enough. Now they want to maybe go into the B2B world. Mm-hmm. And as you look at B2B, B2B wants to mature enough for its customers so that eventually they can go to B2C. Sure. Right? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a whole... Yeah, but there's no like perfect, you know, yes, and I think it's multi-channel or omni-channel is really... And I hate these buzzwords because they're kind of like nebulous, but it's it's serving different types of customers is really what it is, right? And you're serving... You can be serving government, you can be serving enterprise, you can be serving mid-market, small business, retailers, you know, the direct to consumer. I think it's really direct to consumer is so much easier than it used to be, right? You can get a store out there, you can ship a product direct to consumer relatively quickly. In the US, right? I think different geographies are more complicated, but um it's everything else that's more complicated, right? Like that piece, Tim, would you agree is like Oh, yeah. I, would, I mean, simple, I, right. If you said, hey, I need to make this thing go and I can ship to anyone. In the look, I, a lot of things have gotten so simple. I'm even just going back to the example of Home Depot. They've been my client maybe three times, but, you know, it's like over 20 years and they were completely different each time. I want to point that out to anyone who's listening. Right. It was it was retail catalog. They had a catalog, a call center. And then they had all of these like print circulars, like supermarkets used to do, shoving into you know newspapers and magazines. They had all of these things that were going on. And now, of course, you know, years later, they're focusing more on their e-commerce and the, which call center is working from where and how that was going. And now it's a much more, as you're saying, I say, it's kind of this completely different thing, right? Where the fuse Home Depot is not so simple, but what's what's simple is if you want product out the door to an address, that's relatively simple. What's not simple is buy online, pick up in store, right? Because you have thousands of stores, you have to have sure. inventory. And then that that kind of is like B2B, right? Warehouse. I'm sure you've dealt with this with Epicor, where like, hey, we don't want orders going from like our Oregon warehouse to like our Miami customers, right? We want that to come from our, yeah, you know, whatever, Texas or Miami warehouse. And so now you start getting, that's where I think of it as omni-channel, right? Forget B2B, B2C. It's like this complex. And that's where I think people like us need to help mm-hmm. move the industry forward, right? Because the pure direct consumer is, it's already there, right? The, the rest is the hard right. part, you know? I think eventually they all will, you know, convulse to just be one. You know, yeah, B2C wants B2B, B2B wants B2C. Exactly. Yeah. One, you know, yeah. B2CB, I guess. Yeah. It's just like you choose your experience, right? Like yeah. I, I'm a I'm a consumer. I'm a buyer for a company, right? Like you just kind of, and you get that, whatever you need, you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, the you know, folks, I think like Steve Dennis says, it's like the channel is the customer, right? I mean, you know, it's, you have to look at these things very differently in a way. It's not... You know, for years we talked about is you know what's next, what's the next channel, right? But it's not really. I mean, it's always just the customer connected to the product or service, right? And then we just figure out everything else that has to happen around it. Like, who is that customer, right? That's they're the channel, right? And which is interesting, right? With all this buzz also going around AI, mm-hmm. now we're hearing our B two B customers talking about search and AI for their customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again, you know, they're I think they're listening in, understanding from the B two C world, and saying, "Hey, I want all of this in B two B as well." Uh, which we have started to see and hear now. You know, uh, when earlier it was more about, "I just want to search. I can be, I should be able to search a product. They should be good enough." But now they're starting to talk about yeah. these things. The problem is sometimes they jump that step. It's like, does your ERP integration work well? Do your sales reps? It's like if the answer is no, no, no. It's like, come on, let's. Let's get to AI before like your basics don't even work, you know. But I want to come back to something you said, which is timelines generally need to be longer than people think. What what do you think is like a fair and I'd rather you be conservative. Let's not 
you know, everyone always says the optimistic timelines just to kind of, because people don't want to hear the real numbers. It is, you know, um, when you really think about proposal, discovery, you know, uh, final implementation, QA, launch, like, are you guys generally looking at six to nine months, six to 12 months? Like, what what do you think is a fit? Let's say mid-market, right? Let's use medium, mid-market, you know, with Epicor or whatever. Um, uh, I would say, you know, anywhere between, uh, I mean, if I have to give you a range, 20 to 34 weeks, something like that. Okay, 20 to Okay, I'm trying to do weeks into months. So, right, so like half, year, half year, year, five, five to seven months. 26 five weeks is half a year. So. Yeah, so that would be, so, so let's say five, five to eight months. months. I really think five to nine months is a fair, yes. because it, it you know it drags out. It's like a lot of people, it takes and some time. Uh, to be honest with you, what we are also trying to achieve is, because after a while, we all start getting uh, fatigue, right? Yeah. Project. yeah. We are trying to figure out, hey, is there a path here where we can do a phase one launch and what yeah. should that look like? A, yeah. that would also uh, show win with, within your team. They would yeah. be happy to see something. The executives, out. the private equity, whoever right. it is. Hey, yeah. we did this. And also for our team, they're like, guys, you've been working on it for months. Now look. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Result. But, but I, I think it's important that B2B at like at least the mid-market to enterprise complexity understands that especially if you're you're building something new, implementing Adobe Commerce or whatever, something similar, it's probably with discovery, especially, you know, like you said, 20 plus weeks at least, right? And it's like, I mean, you know, at least three, four weeks of discovery, maybe more, you know, it's like, it just adds up, right? And then you got to do some design work, right? Like, screenshots are not enough. You can't just like send me some screenshots and like, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I think the discovery part where we are noticing a lot is needed is definitely from the ERP side, right? Yes. And they're 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 like, hey, here's the documentation, just figure it out. But that's not true because no yeah. ERP, ERP implementations are the same. No. And when they say that, there's a problem. Some of them have some ERP specialists on their team, which is helpful, and some really. Uh, don't where that's where they try to put us in touch with their ERP rep trying to figure things out. And that's uh, not as simple as people think because now you're dealing with another third party, you know, another third party who is uh, a little bit apprehensive to give a lot of the information. Yeah, let's we, we we're gonna have to bring you back because that's a whole other podcast is the ERP, you know, ecosystem apprehensions. <laughs> yeah, uh, but but I'd love to just dig into that a little bit deeper with the ERP side. Do you find that? It's there's just processes that need to be ironed out about because it's not just about data. It's like, okay, order comes in. What's the processes between the two systems, right? And that's where the discovery. I think it's more complex than people think, right? I mean, and it's. So. I mean, we. I mean, every we think you know we have been working with Epicor for such a long time. I still don't think any two Eclipse integrations have been the same. Yeah, so it's the cool. basic. And, and my guess is there's a client coming in talking about. Hey, we need to make sure that the buying process is different for all different customer groups. Yeah, right? you customer yeah. Groups. And so let me ask: when people, is it somewhat like a product? And this is similar how we often where they might be able to use eighty percent of the product, but that twenty percent has to be customized for them. Or is that so? How does that work? Are they buying this from you, and then you kind of add to it, or how can you explain that? Or is it semi? You know. So look. We look at it this way is like we still uh, uh, do a discovery process with them uh, still as we are going through this, right? Uh, we are still, and that discovery process allows us to understand if, uh, is it 80% which is needed or is it 60% which would work or 40% is there? It's very hard to answer that. Like when we go through initially, typically we understand we would do a couple of, I would say, pre-discovery calls before. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. Just yeah. try to ask them the ERP. It's your best, right? It's your best. Right? And, and that gives us a good idea. I would say 70% uh, would be almost the same, right? And then 30% is always customizations or whatever we are trying but to do. But that's the hardest part, right? The last 20% and is like, it's so much I think it's, This one, which I was talking about customer groups and different pricing and different customer journeys, we are talking three months after launch. Yeah, hey, yeah. What are we going to do? Like about you're it? probably talking just six figures of work just for that little that that piece, right? Like something big, right? I mean, I, I'm making that number up, but like 
it, it can add up, right? I mean, agency yes. hourly rate plus times of hours and weeks, it's like three three months. Right. See, yeah. look, the thing is, if they really, uh, the best thing to do is spend time on discovery, give us a lot more information is always better. Yeah. And this is the only way to really keep the cost down and the timeline in check. Right? And you guys, you guys sell it as kind of like a monthly fee once they're up and running as a product or is it more just a... Yeah. The integration. You know, we thought about selling it as a product, as a SaaS product, where we could charge a monthly fee. But we are realizing that if the connection is working, I mean, you know, there's we don't do much value add. You know, once mm-hmm. it's on, so we rather at this point, a lot of times we're just doing TNM. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, look, if we did our job right, I'm pretty sure you'll use us at this point. Just stick to TNM. Oh. If there are some who try to abuse you, there's always the case, right? Then we have to. Yeah. Really do, do you guys give them a? I mean, you're 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 adding a lot of value on stuff that you've already done before. Do you charge for any of that, or you... that's the premium they are paying, right? Because I've yeah. done the connector. Uh, so when yeah. initially when they want the connector or they want us to work on the epic or piece, at that point, I think, let's say, even if I'm coding them 200 hours, my lift, my work, my my heavy lifting was already done earlier, so I should not be taking that much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the premium it comes down. Oh. Are you allowed to tell us what ver- I assume like you general? I mean, you, you could probably work with all versions, but are there some that like obviously you guys have Eclipse down or the newest for like can you talk about Eclipse, Profit 21, Eagle, BizTrack? These are the big the, ones, the big, the big boys of Epic, uh, right? <laughs> that there are some, I mean, you know, we have been able to talk to Epic or customers. There are some who are just, uh, I don't even know if they don't even have a version, they just say we are in just basic Epic or. I know. I hear that. I too. don't even understand. I don't know what to say. Like I, yeah. I, I've gotten that before. <laughs> right. So, uh, but that version, you know, it depends what it is. We notice. Uh, uh, I don't know in in New York is within four, but Epic or if we try to get any information from Epic or they try to give us a hard time. Uh, it's not as I bad. Believe, yeah, it's a weird. It's not as bad. I don't think, but. It's a weird, you know, we would, uh, I don't want to waste the, the the rest of the podcast on that, but this was really helpful. I mean, I think we're just trying to educate people who might be in this community so they just, they understand what, what you have to offer. And I think you have something that's valuable, right? I, I want to circle back to one thing you said uh, just a little while ago too, about your know, phases because, you know, and, and giving people wins. Because again, that's something that's really important. I found, you know, with a lot of the folks I work with, because you know, if I know that a project is going to be like a year long or a year and a half long, literally, like for for all of the different things that have to happen, I, I won't let it be one project. You know, I just can't. You know, so I'm saying like, all right, here is here's what happens, and we name it right. We name it, you know, for that particular period of time for a quarter or two quarters, and then. It has one, two, three things that happen, and then and here's the party that we have at the end of it, and then here's what happens next. Because otherwise, you're right. People are kind of like, well, what's going on? And Maybe even a just win. a basic facelift, right? Just yeah. a, let's change some UI, UX. Let's change some buttons to look like something new is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's psychology. You know, a lot of it's psychology in the business. They yeah. want to see that their investment is a lot of people always think I'm like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm very much a tech personality. I was always a math. Math was always my best subject. But uh, I actually, my majors were psychology and economics. And uh, I do think, you know, I'm not directly doing psychology, but that definitely helped me, I think, in, in business. And I, I stay up with it. And I like yeah, look, my And my uh, major was applied mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> math, man, I'm telling you, I mean, I... I just math in college for me, they was so boring. I had to, I gave up in calculus too, because they were just right on the whiteboard. I was like, come on, man, this is like, <laughs> give me a break here. Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, look, psychology, I mean, for a customer, uh, the, the key we find uh, just for, for this purpose, you know, for this podcast is the key really is to not uh, dilute the time it needs to do a proper scoping and discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please talk to different customer groups. Uh, you're within the organization. You understand their pain points uh, or let us talk to them to understand their pain points or what they would like to see. 
and then accordingly help us scope it out for you uh, uh, with you, you know, not, and, and this is just a process we cannot do on our own, right? I mean, it's just not going to happen. We need your involvement. We need the involvement of your different departments to really make this work. Sure. Uh, and then that's the only way to go. Yes, there's always going to be resistance one way or the other, but it doesn't really matter. If we show them the true picture and what are we going to achieve out of it, I think there will be buy-in from everyone. Right. Uh, and and, and, uh, and again, going back to B2B side, I, I think uh, if you're on the B2B sales side, if you're a rep, I think they have to look at this as the best tool they're going to get to sell. You know, they don't have to go to a manager. They don't have to wait. They they can do their coding. They can do their pricing. They can sell without talking to anybody. That's yeah. the key, you know? And if you could do that, I mean, you know, let's, let's be honest. How many of us hate going to a car dealership? We're just still like that, right? I I'd rather go to car. Buy, yeah. I refuse to buy a car from a dealership. I said, yeah. I mean, I bought my Tesla and, and that was like, wow. I mean, this is a different level of buying experience. Then, the other car I bought, I was like, unless you're going to do this online and I don't have to come and I don't have to negotiate with you and the car is ready for me to pick up, I'm not buying from you. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what is going. This is what is happening. This is what, every industry, we're going to move more and more in that direction. I mean, we, we have a plumbing house and plumbing houses serve a lot of contractors, right? And a lot of plumbing houses are on Epicor. They are saying their contractors, and a lot of them are new ones joining in the business. They refuse to come inside the store to buy items. They are sitting on their mobile app. They want, and that's what they started using our Epicor Connect. That's why they built the site for, because all they wanted was for their contractors to order and then just come in inside and pick up the items. That's all they want. Yeah, I mean, I work with a company similar to that too. Was, uh, I think I had mentioned them on another episode. It was sprinkler equipment, you know, for like garden sprinklers, you know, yeah, yeah. sprinklers, same thing. You know, the people who are installing all of that, who do irrigation systems, they wanted to just get on their app, get it brought to the site or whatever, right? They don't want to have to deal with going to a, a distrib distributor's office or showroom or warehouse or anything like that at all. You they know? probably know what they want, right? I mean, if you're a specialist and yeah. you know yeah, what they're, kind just, of they're ready to order and go, they don't want to play the game. They don't want to play yeah. the game. Tim, yeah, I know. And they and they all of these you know traditional businesses they have these where these counters right you go in uh, contractors go in here and the contractors are like no I don't want to go in here just have my stuff ready I just want to pick it up and leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tim, I know you have a, a hard stop. Yeah, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually take this moment to just say ciao and let you guys wrap up because unfortunately today I have a hard stop and I've got to run to something so. Uh, this has been great, and I really enjoy this. this Are you going to Times Square, Tim? Or I, I am actually running a, to a train to get into New York City for a meeting, and that's why I have to do this. Yeah, so yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I will tell you all about it later. <laughs> all right, Tim. We'll we'll, we'll catch up soon. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, let's let's um, you know wrap up. We definitely want to have you back. Um, you know, we're trying to invite guests back because we, like this industry is evolving. You know, a year from now, we'll have like new stories, new features from uh, actually I was at Meet Magento speaking of Times Square and um, it was interesting. They, they're launching a, a contracts feature. So that'll be interesting. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly how we will roll it out and when our, you know, these new features that can take a while for customers to use them. And um, have you, uh, that could be interesting in terms of like, I think it's really more for enterprise, but like in the buying process you could have a specific contract or kind of like agreement with that company at a kind of like an enterprise level kind of like through adobe commerce i this this was very high level i didn't like i didn't oh, i, I was like meet magento as well but only for a few hours if, if i yeah. knew definitely you know uh, yeah we would have done it was one of the like end sessions on b2b like coming what's coming on b2b and so I think that could be interesting because to your point of like being one of the best tools, like if you can do all your contracts, all your, like this can really become like this portal that does everything right eventually. And I, I think the way we have to look at it is people think, you know, when they look at, let's say commerce, right. And, and they look at the licensing fee, but then you have to look at it as it's, it's going to save you at least one or two employees to trying to do what you're trying to achieve. Right. And efficiency that, that, that itself is a lot of money. Uh, the the con uh, just going back. I mean, I also think Adobe's smart, and they're uh, in that. 
I think they're trying to bring in contracts and slow. I just honestly, I didn't even think of this until right now. You know what they're doing? They're getting you ready to buy Adobe sign signature. You know what I mean? The it's like, oh, and you can sign it through, you know, just upgrades and get Adobe signature. You know, <laughs> that's the goal. That is the goal. I think eventually this would be they they want to they want this integrated well into the Adobe ecosystem. All their yeah, part. For sure, for sure. So um, I mean, so usually what we like to ask is what what parting words, advice. Do you have for folks in, in B2B commerce? You know, if, it, if you want to make it specific to Epicor or broader, um, you know, what what knowledge would you kind of or uh, just anything that you would kind of leave for the audience? Uh, I mean, I would just like to reiterate what I said before. I think it's important to not underestimate what your customers are looking for and see how you can strive for it, you know, because your customers who are sitting there, they might be B2B, but they want the B2C experience. And do you think that people need to go out and really talk to them in person or get, you think they're maybe not getting the honest conversation sometimes, like they're not? I believe a lot of times the 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 features they want is being decided by the organization. Yeah. But is it really being decided by the, you know, are you really talking to the customers or what they would like to see or what are yeah. their pain points, right? I think if they could spend a little bit more time on that through surveys, phone calls, or even just talking to a few, yeah. uh, some user groups, whatever, whatever you need to do to just make sure as you do this, you're not, you know, neglecting. Who I have a theory that they're almost scared to do that level of deepness because they might be scared to find out what 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 they come back with. <laughs> that's true, hundred percent. And maybe the leadership does not want to hear it. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? And so, especially if it's not what they think, right? And so, <laughs> that's the key, right? I mean, uh, if we can do that, I think that just makes it so. Then the project success is you won half of the battle because you know yeah. you're building it for your customers. You're not building it for the leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the only thing I would say. And, and you know, just spend a little bit more time on what you need, features. Uh, I, you know, there's so much there. ERP, no two ERP integrations are the same. Yeah. You know, and you need to have... I think that's really important advice. Like, don't just because, oh, I have this and someone tells you that I can just plug this in. It's never as simple as just dropping this little thing, especially if you want a good experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you want good, you know, if you don't want less lag, I mean, you know, there's still people who are running an AS400 and they're trying to do flat file ex import, export, but yeah. then they want real time pricing, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like, how do you go achieve all that? But, that, that's the only thing I would say, man. I mean, there's so much more, which is, as you said, you know, this is an evolving space. There's, yeah. I look at every three months, something new is happening. For sure. Know? And whenever we talk to, I think every customer whom we talk to brings us a question which we have not heard before, yeah. which is a good thing because everybody is thinking in that direction. Well, that's why I think B2B commerce is so interesting because like you're learning so much with B2C, you know, I hear a lot of the same things, right? And so- uh, you know, that's where, uh, and B2C, honestly, we feel like it's, it's more creative and marketing because that's where they need to, the technology is getting so good that we need to use the creative and marketing to accelerate them. Right. In B2B, there's still so much process yeah. technology. That B2B not- is still very process oriented, very tech heavy, right? That's, and that's the part where we, us, let's just say as an agency can add a lot more value, right? Yeah. When it comes to B2C, I think, the Shopify's and the big commerce of the world have really have it down packed at this point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Unless you're like, you know, obviously if you're Fortune 500, like there's a whole different ballgame, right? Like Home Depot, whatever, you know. But yeah. they're their own custom teams anyways. Like they're already, you know, <laughs> that's not... That's, that's true. I mean, at that point, they are, they might use us to experiment. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they can hire yeah. agencies to get tended. Like they have so much money and, and, and ability to, to, to find solutions. So... I really like the the small mid market because those are the guys that they need. They got to do it right the first time or the second time. They can't they can't make a lot of mistakes, right? They can't afford to experiment to the level exactly, that and that's why when you can afford to make a lot of mistakes, let's spend more time on the discovery. Exactly. You know, I totally agree. I'm sorry, I had to move. I think the light. No, no, no. I think we're not so. The, I mean, 
I'll just end on one note. Uh, from my perspective, we have a client. It is a pretty big company who went through an RFP process. And our goal really is, is before we even give you from numbers and timelines, we want at least four pre-discovery calls with you. And we are not even charging them for it. Yeah. You think yeah. We the company you want to work with and you feel that we have the chops, we need a few more calls with you to really get into the I totally agree. And I also think that companies need to understand like, you know, you shouldn't just have a call and expect a bunch of good quotes. They're gonna be they're gonna be crap quotes. Yes. Yeah. And so it, which is I, still true. Still a lot of them expect that. Hey, we yeah. did this take, you know, where's my yeah. code? You're just shooting in the dark after one call. But if it's a bigger project, bigger company, complexity, yeah. I agree. Four or five calls. I mean, it might be worth having 10 calls. If it's the right fit and the right, you know, you're a good fit for them, they're good, like it's worth it to spend that upfront time. Yeah, eventually you got to charge and it's discovery, right? And so um I totally I totally agree. Uh, well, I mean, this is Amazing to have you on. We'll definitely want to have you back. And uh, I'm sure we'll be having you know, more evolved. We'll talk about contracts, all these new features that'll be out in a year, you know. <laughs> and if you're if you're here for NRF, if you're coming to New York City, let's let's meet up. I'm 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 uh I think I'm done for for uh, events this year. I'm already starting my 2024 event strategy <laughs> already on to next year. So, so I will definitely see you at a bunch of 2024 events. That I promise you. <laughs> All right. Take care and have a good weekend. All right, Annette. Thank, Thank you so you. much. All right. Bye.